Who's, who's if... the worst sports media person? Skip, Skip Bayless. Bayless. Not even fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> it is not even close. That dude's a piece of shit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpnito, your features editor. And Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. And Stretch is off this week. Uh, he's dead. Do you want to say anything about... Oh, okay, he's dead this time. Not fired. Yeah. No, we fired him last time just for an hour, and then we realized what a grievous mistake that was. Mm. It's permanent this time. So, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Look for a fourth host. And, and an editor at our site. So if you <laughs> if you have experience... Yeah. Uh, he didn't do much anyway. We won't won't notice so <laughs> didn't do much oh man he's gonna be no. listening to this and hurting so bad yeah no he does a lot stretch is he great does. and we we deeply miss him but some of for us for now we must soldier forward and later in this episode we're going to talk about norco we're also going to talk about nightfall but first let's get into some news Supermassive, uh, the folks behind big uh, story-driven games, you know, the Dark Pictures Anthology, um, that, that one PlayStation exclusive until dawn, um, they've announced that their next game, The Quarry, will have a movie mode. Mm. So for those of you who are kind of unfamiliar with these games, imagine like a Telltale style where, you know, you're, you are mostly watching cutscenes and the occasional like walking around, if I remember right. Um, but you know this isn't like Devil May Cry or whatever, right? Like, well, and they use like actors' likenesses and stuff. Like, it's yeah, yeah. So the movie mode basically takes takes that control away from you, and you would, um, you know, like Blu-rays or like DVDs if you're old school, or I guess tapes. You just put it in, and then you sit at your TV without a controller. Mm. That's kind of what this would be like. That sounds boring. I did that uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You put a game on movie mode? No, I, I put a thing in a disc in a thing and watched a thing. Ah, like a long cutscene. A very, it was a very long cutscene. It was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh man, so you played a Hideo Kojima game? Okay, I gotcha. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I dare you. It's better than that. <laughs> I played a Denny game. Fair. Um, but yeah, this is something that I think is kind of uh, it's interesting to hear because you know a lot of people. I think when people think of like those kind of cutscene driven games they do derogatorily think of them as like oh you're just like watching a movie and occasionally pressing buttons or like qtes and now it's kind of official i guess in this game yeah you know, it kind of like, makes you wonder it's like are they just double down like yes this is exactly what we're focusing on the gameplay stuff you can push that to the side we don't care as much about it I, i'm not saying that that's what they're thinking that's certainly the impression it's going to give off like okay this is obviously where they're spending most of their effort and time Right? If there's a whole mm -hmm. mode where I can just cut out all the gameplay bullshit, I can just watch it now. You know what? Yeah. Actually, would Metal Gear Solid 4 have been better with this mode? Well, Metal Gear Solid 4 has 12 hours of cutscene. So, yeah. you tell me. What do you think? Would you like to watch a 12-hour movie? Yeah. I mean, I played, uh, I played all of Death Stranding. So... I feel like Death Stranding had... If that was more gameplay than cutscene, because the gameplay was boring. I mean, okay, but like the the end of it was like three hours of cutscenes straight. Yeah, that's true. Three something. 
Um, so with this movie mode, there are like three options you can do. You can choose everyone lives, everyone dies, or director's chair, where you can like really tweak, like, I want this character to be like this. I want that character when they're under pressure to do that, that sort of thing. So you're like basically a director for a movie, yeah. right? That sounds fun. Yeah. And I feel like this would be good because, uh, you know, I always think of these kind of games, especially like I remember in Until Dawn, there was that idea of like, just get some friends together and like, it's kind of like it's a couch, not quite co-op. But, you know, like one person's in the director's chair, quote unquote, controlling yeah. the game, right? Um, I feel like this is just kind of automating that idea. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, I, I, I think it works for something like this because these are going for those, like, horror-y kind of games where, like, there are people that are just going to be straight up dying pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know if it would if it would work as well outside of that because like that's a pretty oh because we're gonna break it down to choices like there's still you're still involved in it somehow or you could be if you wanted to you don't have to be you can just watch whatever uh, I wonder if anything else is gonna be as compelling mm. or it would just get in the way too much because that's just like it's a big story moment or would it just be a big story moment that you decide something I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I also wonder too, like, I think I'm very curious about, you know, when, when it comes to these sort of games, I think a lot of like Life is Strange, which is easily one of my favorites. Um, I wonder if I would have as much of a connection to it if it was just a movie or if it felt, you know, like quote unquote, just a movie where you don't make the choices, you don't have the QTEs, you don't decide to discover some things and the characters just do it. I wonder if I would have or feel as much of a connection to the material, you yeah. know? I don't know, because, like, there's also those moments of, like, in between, like, big moment, like, whatever happens, a big story thing beaten happens. Like, you, the game slows down, and there's contemplative moments where you're, like, walking around, looking at stuff, commenting on stuff, like, seeing what this reminds your character of this, or they think about this, or whatever's going on, and it allows you also to to think through what just happened or what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. this obviously doesn't allow for that as, as much. Cause it's like, all right, we're just keep moving. The story. That keeps was, moving on. that was why I liked, uh, order 1886 was it, it had a lot of those kind of like wander around a bit. And then the QT, the obvious like QTE, not so much gameplay stuff, but there was a lot right. of kind of atmospheric elements to it. That yeah. I think is what drew me to kind of the, the lore and the story and, and kind of wanting more at the end. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot of room in games for, for that type of, uh, I don't think medium's the right word, um, like format at times, mm-hmm. depending, I, I, but I think it's a careful balance. Yeah. I mean, cause it gets into that whole thing of agency, right? Like, you know, it's not that movies can't build atmosphere as well. Like, I mean, on, you just talked about oh. Blade Runner 2049, oh, right? Like that movie completely. Build, yeah. It builds a fucking atmosphere, but yeah. I think it it feels different when a game builds atmosphere, right? Because it's not that one's better or worse than the other. It's just, I guess, different avenues. It's kind of hard to explain. One, I think, like, movies definitely... So, like, I think... I'm glad I brought up Blade Runner 2049 now because it is... It is so excellent at at sucking you into something and getting you feel a certain way because it's got this very oppressive music all the time. And it's not even just music. Sometimes it's just sound. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you're really feeling like 
stuff's going on all around you all the time. Games can have that, but then you get to touch it and feel it and move around in it and change mm-hmm. it and and do things. So I don't know if it's necessarily better, but I think you definitely um, get lost in it a lot easier. Yeah, because um, you feel like you are in it. Yeah, you see the effects of it a lot more easier. And I think maybe it's not even that you get lost in it more. You're just more aware of it kind of sometimes. Because mm-hmm. in movies, I think you could totally just forget that that even happened and be like, oh, shit, like that actually, because you're absorbed into the thing. You're not having to do anything else or think about anything else other than what you see on the screen where in a game, you know, there could be 10 different things you're looking at at once. Um, but I think games are just made, are are good at making you aware um, of the atmosphere around you and yeah. to engage with it in some way. Yeah. And I think two-player choice has a lot of, like it makes you feel responsible for a lot of things, you know, like if you're playing one of these, you know, like a super massive game is basically like a horror movie in video yeah. game form. But so if you make the choice, like does that character open that door or ignore that door? Well, if you choose to open that door and then that gets that person killed, you feel that like, cause that was your fault. Yeah. Right. And that shapes your journey with the game, but it's not like you watch Blade Runner 2049 and you tell K like, I want K to do that or I want K to feel this, yeah. right? Like, K just does the thing and you observe how he reacts, what he does, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this with this, it's like, so what's the difference between this and the you know, if I if you if if I don't want to do any of those modes, I'm like, I just want to watch it. Like, how's this really all that different from like an animated movie at that point? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, and at that point, I guess it it kind of begs the question, does that feel like it has less value if you play it that way it's kind of hard to say right until i I think it's what you want to get out of it what do you want that's up to the individual i don't know right i mean what if you're if you're not really caring about interacting with it or the outcome of a character or whatever it is um what is a little disappointing to me well not obviously i haven't played it but it'd be interesting to know like like you said, there's the three options that everyone lives, everyone dies, or director's chair. It's like, man, how big of an impact do those choices have really anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are three extremely different things, mm-hmm. right? Um, just makes you wonder. Yeah. I mean, I think if I did it personally, I'd probably do the director's chair. Oh, absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. I think most people probably would. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least the most gamey version of it, right? Right. Because it feels like you have a little bit of agency over it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, man, it's like this is. It, it's kind of like playing some of those JRPGs where you can like set the macros for your other party members. A bit. Yeah. I you was know, like think of like Bandersnatch <laughs> on Netflix, right? I was yeah, kind of waiting for somebody to say that. Yeah. Those yeah. like it's very similar to that. Hmm. Yeah. This is basically Netflix. Is, is that what we're saying? Well, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's the, the lightest form of interactivity you can have, I guess. If you're going to do those modes. Obviously, you can play the game. I don't know what the gameplay is like. I, I don't know what it'll be, how you interact with it or whatever. Um, but if you're if you're going to do it with this movie mode and do one of those three versions of it, um, it's very much just... Uh, I don't know, like those YouTube videos where it's like, all right, click this one, and you go on to the next clip of this story or whatever. 
mm-hmm. kind of gives you that vibe. No, and I'm not disparaging those. Obviously, this has got a much bigger budget and thought put into it, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I just can't th- wait to hear all the "is this a game?" fucking debates happening. Uh, even better, is this art? Yeah. I can't oh, wait for God. that. Can't wait for that. It's gonna be so good. I hope it wins an Oscar. Um, because it's basically a movie now, right? <laughs> I mean, if if they play in the theaters. <laughs> And they can, get, oh they, can, they can work towards it. You, just, you play it in theories. You've got just got a dude in behind the projector with a fucking controller making the choices, yeah. and the audience is like, "Uh." Oh. Well, I mean, yeah. didn't didn't they, one of the games implement the thing where like it's Twitch integration, right? Where like Twitch chat can make the decisions. Oh yeah, something. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's all so, kinds of games that have that. Right. Yeah. So, oh, wouldn't this just know. be like another Twitch clue? plays Pokemon? You know mm-hmm. the clue the the tim curry clue movie where like depending on where you saw it or whatever it had a different ending oh really i don't yeah. know about that i don't remember that it's a great movie yeah there's it's uh, obviously it's based on the board game and it's got mr green and professor blah blah um and it would depending on what theater you're at it had a different ending of who did it because there was different oh. things you could explain it in different ways and there's like four different endings i think maybe more that's hmm. kind of cool um and that was done in the 80s mm. it's a good movie it's a fun movie people should watch it yeah i mean i feel like this will be kind of the same thing right where the discourse when it comes out is going to be you know oh i set my director's chair settings to xyz and this is how it ended for me right or like, i wonder this is how, who lived how and different died. it will be because it was simply just who lived and died then i mean eh. yeah not not all that impressive to me at that point it's like okay so it's just who's around how much of a big of an effect on the story did that really have or the game really mm-hmm. um uh in other news uh big fans of loop hero can get excited because there's another loop hero video game out there called <laughs> loop odyssey yeah it's the sequel oh wait sorry i'm i'm sorry it's now named stuck in time i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna loop be odyssey. honest i didn't read this news until today and i thought that's what it was oh like I a just, sequel i just saw the 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 title on the website and i was like oh it's just a sequel to loop hero should i be so, down for because loop hero is fantastic loop hero is great killer soundtrack too installed yeah. it on my mac last night to play it's on a great couch. game mm-hmm. i have it on my steam deck it's been pretty good there um but this indie developer housemade inc made a separate video game called loop odyssey uh and if you look at the trailer it um it looks a lot like yeah. loop hero even it's their, very their key similar. art their logo looks exact looks almost identical it's got the same text like font and everything mm-hmm. like when you go through a loop or a turn and it's got the little running man in the box if you've played loop hero you know what i'm talking about it's, oh, it's wow. the exact same box yep um it's pretty blatant I, it, I mean, the gameplay looks different there are some changes good for them on that but it's like man did you take a lot of just straight up rip off stuff from them like there's no question didn't even ask to borrow their homework (laughs) it's just so i believe they uh folks behind loop hero like and devolver right that's a devolver published game yep um issued to dmca which is why now the game if you are interested in checking it out it's now called stuck in time as opposed to loop odyssey yeah um I Which can't was comment. also the premise of Loop Hero. Of Loop Hero, yeah. yeah. I can't comment on the game's quality, but I no can say, hey, Loop Hero is pretty fucking good, so, so play that one. Yeah, and then, I, like, what's so stupid about it is, like, you, 
there's all kind of, like games like Loop Hero come out where it's like, oh, this is kind of a neat idea done in an interesting way. It's gonna spawn games that take stuff from it. That's how mm-hmm. that's how it works. But it's like Jesus, you don't have to <laughs> take it like with the the look of it, the the name, like all all this stuff. You don't need to do that. You can make your own thing and st- quote unquote steal mechanics from games. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it happens all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's I just mean, part of the industry, right? Either taking specific mechanics or taking a mechanic and making a change to it that makes it uh, unique. It's, um, yeah, like, there's few not much games you can are do wholly there. original. Yeah. yeah. Everything draws from something. You know, that's what was so crazy about Death Stranding. It was just completely new. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right, this right. house made ink. Couldn't find anything on them. Don't no, know this is like about the first them. game. Don't know who they are. Um, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it has all of the... Um, all the ingredients needed to feel and look like a uh, cash grab asset flip sort of thing, yeah. you know, like uh, not that we can say that definitively is what this no. is, but not it having is played it. Maybe suspicious. there's, maybe it was just a really stupid. They're like, okay, we gotta, you know, we want people to definitely think it's like loop hero. Cause we want it to look similar. It's like all those games that came out after, um, Fall dead guys. cells. Well, fall guys, but dead cells that had the exact same style as dead cells in terms of the look. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, and the gameplay that you can make it a little different. Yeah. Um similar kind of vibe here, other than just more blatant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guys, look forward to my new game coming out. I'm calling it Elden Loop. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Elden uh, Circle. Uh, it's an Old action circle. RPG. Isn't yeah. that really what it is now anyway? Aren't most people stuck in a loop of constantly dying and back? <laughs> Two bosses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's already that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but yeah, if, there could be a good game behind it is what I was saying. Like they're, they're they're for some reason they're they're aping and more or less just straight up stealing the look of Loop Hero in some ways. But the mm-hmm. what what you're seeing behind it, like screenshots, some of the stuff in the trailer, it looks like there's quite a bit different going on. I don't know what it all means. But there could be a cool game under there, but now unfortunately it's got the stigma of, you know, they they steal all this stuff from Loop Hero potentially, or it looks like they did anyway. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, this one just it, it looks a little too close, right? And it's yep. and like I get that when it comes to pixel art, there's only so many things you can do, right? But you're still creating an aesthetic that yeah. does look a lot. I mean, like you could like, even be a little more creative than this. Yeah, like a lot of the rock textures I remember seeing in that trailer, they look a lot like the rock textures you can make in Loop Hero when you put down those cards, you know. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, hmm. yeah, I noticed I mean, that too. They're clearly going for like, a, which is a bummer because yeah. I'm totally down for games like using loop hero as a launch pad for to try some weird shit mm-hmm. loop hero is great and i'd love yeah. more games around that genre mm-hmm. so that's why it's unfortunate to be like guys you didn't you probably really didn't need this because just looking at what's behind it seemingly there's enough there to be like oh this is kind of weird and funky and if i hadn't have known about this story before i'd probably be more interested in it than i am now mm-hmm. yeah i mean this isn't the first time we've seen like dmcas for name changes right like no, actually absolutely it, not it takes two. That is that. Yeah, I don't even know that launched still, yet with a new name. I haven't heard. I don't know. I don't remember yeah. seeing any news. I'm maybe. Yeah, that's I mean, a big one. Right, but that's also like for a dumb reason, right? Because like takes two, interactive. <laughs> very, very stupid right. reason. Yeah, it's not even like oh, this looks the same as our blockbuster yeah. take two hit game. You know, that well, must be still being litigated or talked about because it's still listed as it takes two everywhere. So, yeah. I'm sure they'll. 
figure it out. And now that it's like one game of the year, Game of the Awards, I'm sure they're very much want to keep the name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that has a lot of pedigree, right? Yeah. So I don't know what will happen there. Yeah. Game of the Year title, formerly known as It Takes Two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that does it for news this week. Let's jump into some games we've been talking about. Auden, I see that you've been playing Norco. I'm excited to hear about this because I've been hearing some buzz. Yes. Why don't you tell so, us about Norco? Um, Norco right now is, I think it's the sleeper hit of the year for people. Mm. Not enough people know about it. It's on Game Pass now, so there's no excuse to not try it if it's something you're interested in. It's a... It's a point-and-click adventure game. It's very narrative-heavy, set in southern Louisiana, and like a feels very contemporary, but also like some weird sci-fi stuff going on. Like you have a robot that lives with you, kind of thing. And but don't like, we all? Yeah, you know. But that, other than that, like it's there's not much else that's all that different from modern life, really. Uh, obviously, that's a big difference. A robot hanging around, but mm-hmm. uh, the writing in it is so is great. Um, the characterizations it has in it are fantastic. Uh, just the straight up dialogue and prose of it is funny. Like uh, it's really good and also funny. Like it's I can't think of books or game many games really that like genuinely have me like actually laughing more than like a you know and exhaling through my nose and like huh that was funny. Wait, I thought you like played Borderlands. Those games are fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, right? I think I think Randy Pitchford's hilarious. Okay. I, I think the concept of show, Randy Pitchford. His magic show was it did have me laughing. <laughs> but not for the reasons he wanted, I don't think. <laughs> well, that's called that's called art. That's that's true. <laughs> um damn, I forgot about that. But uh Norco is oh, I am so in love with it. Like there's so many good little things in it, good nuggets, like and so many surprising things. Like the people <laughs> I'm looking at a screenshot I saved. It's not gonna work well if I read it, but it's 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 so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's such a good game to play through. Um it's pretty the uh, it's pretty light on the point and click stuff in terms of like go here and get this item and try to logic puzzle your way through this thingy. Right. Not a lot of that happening. Um, it is very much like you're kind of just going through the motions for the most part. I um, mean, you can get kind of creative with the stuff that you collect, but you're not going to have a big inventory system or even collect that many things. Um, and it's mostly kind of side stuff that you get it. Like, you're never going to be locked because you can't figure out a puzzle. Like, you're never mm. going to be stuck for progress. But it's mostly like if you think creatively, sometimes, sometimes very obvious, other times you have to think a little creatively on how to use an item or a thing that you have, and it almost always rewards you with some, like, wacky shit. Um, but the basic of the story is that you play this... I think it's Kay's a woman, a girl, who comes back home after being away, um, and her mom had just passed from cancer. And you're trying to, like... And your mom is this very, like, enigmatic, like, what the... She's always into all this weird shit, and there's a local company nearby that has this refinery that she seems to have been involved with somehow. And so you're getting back there after she's dead and like, you're figuring out what the hell happened to her and where's your brother at? And you have to figure mm. out where he went. Why is he not around? Um, and that's kind of the main vein of the story. And then had you play a little bit, you play as the mom for a few weeks before she died. What was she doing? Uh, what was it? She was investigating uh, what happened to her. And there's just all kinds of weird shit that happens in it. It's great. Sci-fi. Um, 
and I, I it's just got a vibe for it that I really like. I think a lot of um, I heard a lot of people that have played it have talked about like Disco Elysium in a way. Mm. I think that's just the easy like because it's it's a well written funny thing that did really well. Uh, I think I guess it's kind of like that in terms of its tone, but it's not. It's toned down some, if mm. you know what I mean. Like <laughs> Disco Elysium goes at it hard with the, what it's going for, which right. I love it for. I think it's one of my favorite games of all time, um, and this definitely has a similar vibe to that in terms of the writing. Mm. So this is a very dialogue heavy game. Absolutely, I mean that that is the game. Gotcha, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting but it's fantastic dialogue Mm. characters are great Um, it's it's one of the better narratives in a game I think that I've had and it's I love so much about it like so (laughs) and if you know anything about uh, like it gets superficially you will enjoy it but there's a lot of other stuff going on particularly if you know about um, uh, Christianity and some of the stories behind that uh, like a little more deeper stuff and some of the imagery and stuff around not more than just your basic across and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to see there that you're like, Oh shit, I see what they're doing or, Oh, that's actually pretty clever or something like that. So it rewards that kind of, you don't need that at all. Um, but it's things you'll notice. Uh, for example, one of my favorite things in it is there's a cult to this guy named John and all the cultists call themselves Garrett and they all everybody you are you're Robert, but and then you join the cult. You are now Garrett, and so they're like, "Hey, Garrett, what's up, Garrett? Garrett." And <laughs> what's great about that is that the cult leader, he's all like, he's like, "All right, I call you guys all Garrett because you asked me to." So it's nothing to do with him. <laughs> they just collectively are like, "We want to be called Garrett <laughs> individually for no it has no meaning other than that." Seemingly, mm. they're they're wearing blue polos. It's like those were just leftover Best Buy employee shirts with the Garrett name <laughs> tags, and that's why they named themselves that. <laughs> so they're all Garretts now, mm. and it's pretty great. Okay, interesting. It's just the vibe of it. I love so much of it. Mm. It's yeah, great. I definitely want to check it out because I've seen this game won that Tribeca Games Award, right? Like the first ever yeah. Tribeca Games Award. Um, actually, so why. yeah, okay. So you think it's like okay that you can it makes sense to you? In a oh, way. it's um, it's the best written game I've played since Disco Elysium. Mm, okay, high praise. So, right. no question to me on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fair. It's great. It's it's about I think it took me five and a half, maybe six hours. So it's not super long. Mm. Um. It, it's it's wholly engaging the entire time. The story is great. The plotting is great. You're everything's kind of always moving forward. There's always something to do. Um, I love the characters. Any time that you have the opportunity to talk to someone and just ask them more questions, because you could definitely be like, eh, "I'm fucking done with this," and then your character's like, "Yeah, I'm never talking to you again," and then <laughs> you can't come back to it. Always do those conversations because they almost always pay off. Mm. Like it's. <laughs> One story is I think it's the only time in, in any game I've ever like. I don't know how to, this sounds so crazy. Like I, that really made me laugh really hard and like lo- like I had to come together for a moment as I'm reading through this story because it was that funny, and it doesn't. I no, I don't have that in games. It doesn't happen. And right. there were several moments where I was genuinely caught off guard or thought it was hilarious what was going on. Obviously, yeah. everybody's humor is different, so that's not gonna mean it's gonna be that way for everybody. Um, but I think it's a hilarious game. 
Nice. But that's not, it's you, not always trying to be funny. Would you say you like it more than Tunic right now? Because I know you were also really big There's on that game. There's two different and- reasons. They're two different games. It's like... <sighs> yeah, it's... I can't really compare them. They're mm. not comparable. Okay. The, I love... So, I do love Tunic a lot for what it does for games and how it plays with game design and the way that particularly for people that have played a lot of games, how it kind of turns stuff on your head, like stuff that people that know a lot about games will definitely appreciate. Cause it's like, Oh shit, that was actually very subtly clever. That's great for that mechanically and technically where this is just, I guess, I mean, because it's pretty light on the point click stuff. Like I would have enjoyed this probably as a book also. Mm. It's, it's pretty well written. Um, but like the the art of it definitely puts you in because it gives you a very specific vibe. Like if you go look at the trailer, the art for it right now, you sh- it, you should know kind of the atmosphere you're getting into pretty easily um, right. with it, and the music that goes with it, fitting in with it. Like it definitely creates an ambiance when you're reading it and playing through it and running through the the different areas. Um, but yeah, it's so hard to compare it to Tunic. In terms of like, if you're talking like, so I said earlier in one of the podcasts that's our early fate, my early fate for our indie game of the year. I think Norco should at least be talked about with it mm-hmm. as a contender. Mm-hmm. I think I will be one of the few. Maybe you will join me in that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I have to play it first before I throw my hat in that yeah. that ring. But yeah, yeah, I I it's, definitely want to check it out. It's so yeah. good. it's so worth time, especially if you have Game Pass. There's no reason not to try it. Um, it's just, it does a lot of really good stuff. And I was learning, uh, Norco, I, I guess that's a real town just outside of New Orleans and it's mm-hmm. set in that town. Cause I was looking up stuff before this cause I knew I was going to talk about it. And I started looking at the map and I'm like, oh shit, that's the street. So it's, it's accurate to oh. Norco, the real Norco. So I was like, cause you live on Apple street or whatever. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's actually an Apple street. Yep. And there's that and that. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. So it's a. Oh, and you live next to this big oil this refinery. Oh shit! There's the factory on the map. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and there are all there. the robots that are there. That's right. Norco. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Who knew? It's just yeah. you know sitting there in the swamps. Well, I'll definitely check out Norco. I'll let you know if I do, and I might talk about it on the show if if I if I get into it because Norco's good. I would. Uh, uh, yeah, there's so I'm... much I want to talk about with it that I'm not going to spoil because it's a story, but it's right. a very, 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 very good game. People try it. Go try it. Well, yeah, that's Norco. It's on Game Pass. Also on Steam, I believe, if you want to purchase it, if you don't and have Game G-O-G, Pass. Yep. Yeah. So there you go if you want to check that out. Uh, Rut, do you want to talk to us about Nightfall, A Daring Journey? I do. Okay. So, Moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, it's uh, this, this was kind of a, a sleeper for me in terms of. Uh, original expectations because the devs basically made this as an April Fool's joke. Um, mm. They made it in five weeks for a game jam. And the first post on April 1st, they were like, you know, we want to set expectations. We don't plan to continuously develop this. It was just made for fun. Um, and now we're five updates in and it's actually, it's a paid, you can buy it now. Um, it started off as kind of like a free gag joke and they've like actually added continuous improvements and, um, there's 900 people playing it right now um but it's 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 a pseudo battle royale i guess so it's it was originally 12 12 
teams of two on a map. It's it's two burrows on a horse. Um, and you there's a day night cycle. So during the day, you're trying to make yourself or trying to make your way to the next town. And then there will sometimes be another team there and you've got to fight. Um, and then the night cycle, if you haven't made it to a town, you freeze to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you go to two towns and then you go to the castle to try and capture the rose. Um, and it's, it's just, it, it's, it's in the same vein as, as their other games, like totally accurate battleground simulator, totally accurate, uh, battle Royale, um, or battlegrounds. It's, uh, it, I just, I don't know how to ex- describe it, but we've been having so much fun playing it. Like, as you're going between each town, you it's both of you on a horse and you can drift the horse. Um, so you drift like around corners. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you drift around corners and then you like pick up a, a boost based on how well you drifted. So is this Mario Kart with horses? Mario yes. Horse. Yes. Oh. Um, and it, it's it's just, it's amusing. Like, and if you miss the turn badly and you end up in the grass, you get a slowdown because the horse starts eating the grass. Um, I think which at is... first we were like, why the fuck are we slowing down in the grass? And then you just hear the the horse munching, and you're like, oh, well, that's real, guys. man. If you've ever been around horses, that's something you got to watch for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just eat grass constantly. They, yeah. that's genuinely you have to be like, hey, fucking stop it. We're doing shit here. Yeah, yeah. they're the opposite of gamers. They touch grass a lot. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's just so you get to the town, and as you approach, it'll be like. Um, you're near a town, it lies quiet, or there's a, the team knows that you're coming. And so it'll actually, as you approach the town, tell the other team that, that you're approaching or vice versa. You get told that the, that there's another group approaching, um, and you duke it out. There's like, uh, it's, it's pretty much all guns. It's two, it's knights with guns. Um, Yeah. I was going to ask, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks like knights. And then they switched to first person view and you have like a, a, like a model 1887 from modern warfare two. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a musket, (laughs) an AK. Now there's an AK 47. There's now an M4 A1, um, an, a, a, uh, a revolver that just like rapid fire, um, like fanning, uh, there's now a bow and then there's like the base revolver and a shotgun. Um, and each one, each one is, is amusing to shoot like the, uh, you shoot the musket and then you like flip it around and then it's reloaded. Um, yeah. and then there's a Glock that's, it feels more like an Uzi than a Glock. But, uh, the goal is to get to the end, be the last team standing and, and get the rose. And when you pick up the rose, it plays a cinematic where it does that, like, dramatic like jump to grab the rose and then you hand it to your bro and like you do like heart hands and stuff yeah, and no. it's just it's so amusing um and i think I, I wrote the steam review i was like drifted a horse killed a couple of knights uh gave my bro a rose and that's just that's the premise um and, and it's it's enjoyable mm-hmm. um and this lighthearted is- and just kind of a, a quick 10 minutes at the most per match um and it's I don't know I didn't expect it I was like oh this is gonna be dumb we gotta try it it'll be fun and we're like this is like legitimately good and they're making like updates that actually kind of enhance the experience and are drawing in more players Mm. um so I'm I'm very curious to see if that original premise of hey we made this for shits and giggles um just play it for fun if if this is going to develop into like a fully fledged game that they will support long term, 
um, because they should. It's it's well made. All of the the details, the small things that make gameplay enjoyable are there. Um, so it'll. I, I hope they do more and they they kind of build on on what they've created. Mm. Yeah, I mean that sounds like the perfect amount of like, hey, let's do this for fun, right? And then it like actually catches on. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like um like Among Us, right? In a way where yeah. that was kind of. Like, eh, you know, it's been, it was out for like three years before it like caught on, right? Because it was just like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's it started on mobile. Yeah. So, this I mean, it sounds like exactly why game, like, games are made. It's fucking wacky, weird stuff that sounds so incredibly stupid. But mm-hmm. that's what's so hey, great about it. I'm willing to bet the developers were out at a bar one day drinking and they were like a little tipsy and were like, hey, what if a knight had a gun? And then the rest yeah. of the game just kind of came together you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. it has that energy yeah have you ever drifted a horse yeah um and somebody's the... like we should make a game around that speaking of energy we could not have had like two opposite games yeah to talk about yeah in a row yeah. norco and then this completely Yours is just like opposite. very serious and then the other's just like completely <laughs> yeah. off the freaking wall yeah right. we talked about tribeca games award winner norco <laughs> yeah <laughs> and april fool's joke nightfall of daring journey <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, if you've got friends you play games with on a regular basis, like if you've got a co-op partner, this is one to me that's worth picking up and, and so playing like for it. a couple hours. It's it's amusing. It's lighthearted. It's not like some battle royales where you're shitty, super shitty because you died. It's just like I don't know how the hell I died. Let's play again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of how I felt about Fortnite versus PUBG. Um, right. In terms of, I'm not as pissy that I died because I don't have to sit through another 45 minute match. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it also sounds like it's hard to get mad at it. Cause like the, the way you win is you get a rose and give it to your bro. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, it's hard to be mad that like, damn it, I didn't get the fucking rose. Right. Like, yeah. oh, I would know? be more mad. Who cares yeah. about a chicken dinner and whatever the hell else you get on these other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so off the wall and, and well made for something that they only spent, you know, five days on uh or five weeks on it's just it's well done and i i I greatly greatly appreciate it over inflated budgets is what you're telling me all these other Mm. games shouldn't take this long if they can make this yes that's that's what i'm hearing yes you know i'm trying to pull up a screenshot from it um can can i ask so the whole idea is at the end you give you the rose to your bro right yeah now, I've played a few Battle Royale games, and I have sometimes gotten to the end where I'm the only one left standing in yeah. my squad. What happens if you're alone? Or can you be alone and win? I don't know. Interesting. Um, well, well, it forces you to... Um, you just give it to your bro's corpse? Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to have to try that. I think I'm going to... When we play uh, on Monday, I will YOLO myself and uh have him pick up the rose and see what happens but uh you can revive your partner you basically become a ghost and you can screw with the other people a bit um but it's i'm gonna have to try that what if they give it to like a child knight who's just a kid that's wearing knight's armor implying it's his child oh no (laughs) dad died but here's his rose That'd be pretty. We're we're giving them ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, it sounds great. That's Nightfall: A Daring Journey out on Steam for now, right? Like that's yeah. It's and it's like it. it's like six bucks, I think. Mm. So it's Seems not anything like particularly expensive. It's worth yeah. the money. Hell yeah! Um, speaking of worth the money, uh, I <laughs> I'm, I have I have still been playing a lot of Elden Ring. That's that's kind of been a lot of. Like, let's put it this way. So you know how um on the PS5 when you press the PlayStation button um you you see like the trophies come up right like the things that you yeah. can track toward getting mm-hmm. um and i saw one that's just the tale of elden ring which i'm pretty sure to do that trophy is just like beat the game and uh it said two plus hours remaining to complete it it has said that for the past 118 hours oh um, <laughs> any day now i i am at 120 hours in this game I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look that achievement up and i'm gonna laugh if it's just like you had to pull something up in like a journal that's just in the menu um <laughs> i hope it's not because i think every time i've beaten one of the big bosses like the ones you need to you're beat just to, waiting to see it say like yeah. an hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i'm within an hour of the end because like i i'm at the final boss i just took a detour Are to you? like clean up i'm pretty sure like i'm at a door that screams final boss energy like to the point where i was saying to myself okay i need to go do everything else times to get through maybe i did do that wall it's so fucking useless (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's it's pointless it's not even a useful shortcut but man i don't know i it's been a while since i've played a game for 120 hours like just that one game you know what i mean um and i think elden ring still fully delivers like I, I feel the same way about this that I did um like in the first three or four hours. Like there's still always new stuff to discover, even this far in. Um I think a little bit of like that open world checklistiness is kind of creeping in where it's like, okay, I got another dungeon to get through. But the it still feels so rewarding. You just explore. Yeah. Did you see that you can cheese the final boss now? That you can like trick him uh you lure him in towards the water and then when he does like a comet form attack he'll just land in uh, the ocean and die yeah that's radon he's not the final boss oh actually. he's not <laughs> no, he's like the third major boss oh my gosh yeah dude that so what made it 22 yeah. minutes into this game and then stopped so what is it that feels rewarding still that's a long time you're playing a game so i think it's getting uh basically like equipment items like there this is a game you can min max stuff right so it's borderlands it is borderlands right so it's definitely like a numbers game at some point like i i've I've gotten past the point where now it's more stuff like you do the same thing but better or bigger number right Mm -hmm. like this this gives you more fire defense and then this version gives you even more fire defense like that's the kind of stuff you're running into but the challenge keeps ramping up to the point where like you know you need that stuff right um because there are a lot of bosses in here, but there are some that are still, you know, like it's it's this version of the boss, but they do more damage or it's this version of the boss. But like they have a slightly different move set, you know, but it's like you can still recognize, OK, I fought this before. I know what I'm getting into, um, but they just do more damage now. So you need to keep up with that. Um, and I think it still has that Monster Hunter energy of uh, it's just fucking fun to fight the bosses. You know, like there's a lot of them. Like, how many bosses in total are there? Like over a hundred. Yeah, I say we're talking hundreds of this, right? Or close. Yes, well over a hundred. Like, let's put it this way: when I was, so I got to the the final boss door 
like two, three nights ago. And I was like, okay, wait, I still haven't fought Melania. Cause I know everyone's talking about her. She's like the, yeah, she's all the super and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I tried to figure out, okay, I had like, there has to be a way to get to her. Right. So I looked it up, figured out that there's like a secret medallion or whatever that you need to use. And basically a hidden path to a whole new area. And that's where I've been <laughs> spending the past two nights. Cause that area has two major bosses, not just Melania. There's another one. Oh. Right. Um, it, it led to a whole new palace that I didn't even know existed, right? And I was like, okay, now I think I'm done. And then I looked at the list of bosses and I saw one called Dragon Lord Placidu, whatever the fuck. And I never even heard of him. Ooh. And for that one, it's a whole nother like, you got, you got to fall off this cliff. You know that cliff that could kill you? Fall off it. And then, and then you know, like platform through these floating rocks and stuff to then get teleported to the boss arena it's you know it's like that i could have totally missed that boss in fact yeah. i'm willing to bet a lot of people probably missed that boss because it's so hidden you know um but the fight was like, really is there fun. too much obfuscation then sometimes then like is it like that sounds like a little I'm, I'm sure i'm sure someone's like but if you look at this stone it tells you to go here yeah i fucking i'm sure there is but yeah. like it seems like that's sometimes it's like all right man like that's a little too how am i supposed to figure that out Right. I mean, like, I'm at the point where I'm totally cool with, like, just looking up guides sure. and stuff, right? Like, or at that point, it, it's just, a, it is, I agree, a little too obtuse. Like, the, there are some NPCs that are like, I hear it, the Halic tree to the north. That's where Melania is. And you're like, okay, sure, but how the fuck do you guys have the Halic tree? And they're like, eh. Um, mm. So then you have to figure that out sometimes. And then you find another NPC that talks about a medallion, and then you're like, oh, you have to put those two things together and kind of figure it out yeah. or you could just look it up online um well sure but yeah. i mean it's like i don't know sometimes i wonder that's been part of my frustration with some of the dark dark souls games or the from mm -hmm. software games is that it's like i'm all for this environmental storytelling or this very limited where you have to piece it together but it's like sometimes this eldering because of how big it is it's like boy is this just too much of that in one thing you know what yeah. i mean like if it's this big, like it's, there's got to be significant diminishing returns to the point of actually harming it potentially. It's like, all right, this is just way too much, like not being told anything. Yes. At once. Because <laughs> I, I think what does make this a little different from the older Souls games is, you know, when, because all the NPCs that you meet have a quest line usually, right? Where, you you follow they'll, they'll follow you along your journey essentially right like where they have a different goal in mind but they're going along similar paths as you mm -hmm. so you run into them in the older games they're linear enough where you will most likely run into the npcs just naturally as you go yeah. through but this game is it's open world so there are a few quest lines i've had to clean up just like by going through the guide because oh i missed millicent here because the world is so big that I'm like, or yeah. like maybe I completed that area before triggering her next, you know, like thing where she's going to be in that area. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that where yeah. you can do so many things out of order. You can miss so many things where, yeah, I think Elden Ring would probably be improved with like a quest log. Probably not like a go directly here to see this person, but more like you last spoke with Melania and she said she's or uh, with Millicent and she's on her way here. Right. And like, yeah. that's it, you know, and then you can be like, oh, OK, so I know the area generally where she's going to be. Maybe I explore a little more there. Right. I feel like that kind of still be in line with the from soft idea of you're piecing the stuff together yourself without holding your hand too much. 
But I know there are probably some hardcore gamers out there who are like, nah, bro, it's perfect the way it is, you know? Get yeah, good and I'm get a notebook. Yeah. yeah, write it with pen I, and paper. I, well, I know that's like someone that when Schreier was talking about, he said he was so excited that it's like crazy cool to have all these notes written out. I'm, I don't have a problem with that um, at all. I ain't got time for that. It's just, um, I don't know, and I have not played Elden Ring, so I, mm-hmm. I don't have a personal experience with it, but I, I often wondered about that with just how big it is, if it's that's just too much sometimes of piecing stuff together. Yeah. Because how many times in a row can I do that where it's like, man, this is still real satisfying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there are a few NPC quests that I haven't finished, and I am now at the point where I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't care enough to... Yeah. Not to figure that payoff. Out. Yeah. Um, cause now I'm pretty much at like end game build. Like I'm at level 160 or something now, which I, I wonder if I'm maybe a little too strong for the final boss, but knowing from soft, I don't think that's possible. No, I've um, seen this. The last boss are some bullshit. So you'll, Oh, same. Yeah. You'll be I, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll still be getting fucked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited to like, finish it and there is still a part of me that does kind of want a new game plus it because it's yeah it is just fun you know just like fighting those bosses like if there was a boss rush mode in this game i'd probably play it that would be like a 40-hour game in itself wouldn't it It kind of would be (laughs) (laughs) with how many times you die probably yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well that's great like i was was saying before we started recording i'm feeling more compelled just to just because of how many people I've heard say from a, from a game design standpoint and other things, like just how much this kind of, I don't know say improves things, but how many things it does really well and feels like leaps forward. Mm-hmm. Just to see and understand that, I feel compelled that I might, I might need to be playing Elden Ring at some point in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of game of the year discussion, this is going to show up for sure. Well, um, oh, in, it definitely will. Yeah. But I think what makes it, because I remember seeing quotes before from Miyazaki saying, like, this isn't an easy game, but it's going to be the most approachable Souls-like game yeah. from FromSoft. And I, I think I agree. And and now that I'm 120 hours in, I think where that clicks with me, where I'm like, this is the big brain, this is why the open world works, is yes, you're going to have those hard checkpoints, right? Like where you're going to run into a boss, he's going to kick your ass, and there's nothing you can do about it except for get your ass kicked enough until you luckily squeak it out right or now you can just go east or go south you know or explore west right like now you can just go somewhere else so instead of grinding the same mobs over and over again to level up you can just explore a few dungeons and as you explore you're rewarded by stuff that you can tinker with to update your build or to explore new gameplay styles new combat styles and all while doing that you're quote-unquote grinding to level up right so by the time you're like okay i've done a few things here i've cleaned up this area oh yeah i guess i should go back and try to fight marmot or whatever right and when you go fight them you're probably stronger and you are probably more practiced because you've just been playing the game and you're more used to how it functions how it works how to block how to dodge and all that so you just kind of naturally get better at the game if you stick with it but that's kind of the the focal point right is that you need to stick with it that's where all Souls games still come from. Like, they're going to be punishing. It's just how long are you willing to stay, like feel that and learn it and get better until you're like, okay, now this is easy. Because I'm at the point in Elden Ring where like, it is still hard, but 
I can deal with most stuff. You know, I can. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take me 20 tries to beat a boss anymore. I've heard some of the bosses towards the end are kind of bullshit, though. Is that not true? I mean, like, Melania, I hear she was rough, but I beat her in, like, three tries. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it just really depends, too. I, mean, I Also, with, with all my time in the game, like, I know people have beaten it in, like, 60 hours or whatever, so I'm sure I might be a little overtuned for some stuff. Sure. You know, like, I, I think... I mean, I've got like 60, like my, my, my main damage stat is like at 60 and my secondary one's at 40, which is pretty high out of 99. So I think I hit pretty hard. So I don't have to dodge as many attacks because I can kill the boss sooner than other people would. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's probably helping too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, one of the first things I said about this game, I think is still true. If you don't like the combat in Dark Souls, this is not going to change your mind. Yeah. But if yeah, you there's were, just so willing. many things like the way you're describing, like, oh, and I've heard people describe that. We're like, okay, you you hit a hard gate or like a hard, hard line boss here. And it's like, eh, hey, just go, you know, somewhere else for a little while. And like, I feel like that's been around before. So I'm, I, what, what I've, what's just always been sticking with me is, so what is it doing exactly that is all this? That feels so revolutionary to people, where it seems like such a leap forward to design. That I'm, I, trying to find what that is, and whenever, whenever people describe it to me, I'm not seeing it. Mm. Um, so I think part of it is it taps into that same feeling as a fighting game, right? Where, on paper, it's really easy, right? If the enemy sure. attacks you, block them. When there's yeah. an opening, counter them. But in practice, obviously, that's not the case like you probably suck at fighting games right like and then you just play it a bunch and get better you quote unquote grind yeah. um so i think that's that same feeling elden ring taps into is that like yes your character gets stronger but also you get stronger when i think of a lot of other games that are open world and have like a hard gate like that often it's it's more that you know the numbers go up right like in borderlands or like in horizon like you do more damage um, and maybe you get a little better at the game because you're like, you know, you've been playing it a lot. Your muscle memory builds, right? But I think Elden Ring is punishing enough where like there's actual, there's a lot more muscle memory that needs to build and a lot more practiced thought and like knowing when to dodge and kind of learning. And like, I think you're just going to naturally learn how to count frames. Not that you're going to think like, oh, that moves 13 frames, but more just you're going to kind of get a feel for like, okay, that's an opening I can exploit. You know, I think there's just a lot more on you that you learn, if that makes sense. Yeah, how's that any different than any other From Software game at this point? I mean, it's not, except for instead of having to grind the same area, you can explore. Yeah. That, that, that's the so big that's, that's my, difference. That's what I, I'm just trying to to get it's because if it's the great a really like the quintessential from software formula like perfected or at least made super well cool but like the way it gets talked about it's like oh my this is such a leap forward in games and it's like what is it doing like what exactly is it doing to do that and i've not no one's been still it's like okay i you you get better at it but like you said like if fighting games give you that same kind of feeling. Obviously, it's very extremely different, not the same at yes. all, the way you do it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I'm going to have to play it myself 
Yeah, I mean, no it's definitely. Been, I've not been able to see it explained to me or explained in a way that I I understand what people are getting because that's a pretty I won't say universal, but it's a pretty loud statement by a lot of prominent people and a lot of people all around saying that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what is that exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think like revolutionary is pretty hyperbolic because to describe this, it's it's dark souls say revolution, world, but right? a, a big it, step forward. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I would say like this is the future of FromSoft, right? Because like, it's it's if their next game is linear, that's fine with me. It doesn't have to be open world. It doesn't have to be Elden yeah. Ring two, right? Um, it's really the gameplay chops that they're really good at. Um. I think that that's kind of where it lands, right? It's just that whether you vibe with that L1, R1 to fight sort of thing and that punishing difficulty and exploiting, you know, attacks and stuff like that. I think of what a lot of what has connected with people who enjoy the Souls genre too is the Souls games had things you could find that were kind of unexpected. And it seems like based on what a lot of people have said, it's almost never ending in Elden Ring in terms of things you can find. Like people are still discovering things that are just flukes for the most part. Like the dude that hit the freaking wall for like an hour and then it opened. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just never ending secrets, I think is what has really like driven a lot of people to just keep playing and exploring and oh wow i found a, a whole new boss like you said you have to jump off a freaking cliff to get to him yeah. um it, it's unique in terms of of probably what we've seen like the games always have secrets but it seems like Elden ring has secrets on secrets on secrets on secrets like you mm-hmm. get to one secret to go to the next secret to get to the next secret and yeah. i think that's why a lot of people have kind of like been so excited about it is they feel like no matter how much they play they keep finding something new whether they're looking at guides or not yeah i mean that sense of discovery is pretty powerful but i also think it's your frame of mind right where because like a lot of what you're discovering is bosses right and if you're excited to fight them you're like oh fuck i didn't expect to find this guy here but yeah let's go but if you are real fucking sick of fighting that boss you're like i don't want to do this you know um, I think I can really shape how you perceive the game because I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people drop off and not see the end of this, right? Because with 12 million sales, and that was like weeks ago, so who knows how many more because it's definitely gotten to that point where it's mainstream and word of mouth and people who don't normally play from Soft Souls games might pick up Elden Ring. I'm willing to bet a lot of those people are like either, oh, this is too hard or like, okay, this clicked with me, but I'm 30 hours in and I'm done. Like this is too much because there's definitely i could see the argument for there's too much game in this game right yeah um but it's still fun yeah i mean there's no doubt it's just there's just this and i don't know i that's the way that media and everybody likes to talk about something anything they like a lot it's there's a lot of hyperbole involved it's the greatest thing ever yeah um but in terms of like that sense of self-discovery and being rewarded for that and, and your own um through your own work, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of how, like your own self-discovery in terms of what you find in the world and to be beating that boss or whatever. I guess I can understand that. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm. I mean, they also give you a lot of um, guardrails for literal self-discovery in terms of like your build and stuff. Like yeah. at first 
you're like, oh, all of these skill points are, or like attribute points are final. Well, then you learn you can respec, but then it costs a resource and the resource is really rare until you're like 50 hours in and you have like more than you can deal with. So now you can just be like, I want to respec and like do a strength build real quick and then get a feel for that. And you're like, eh, I don't like that. Let me respec, go back to my dex build or maybe build into magic, you know, like it's very forgiving for that. So you can, yeah. you know, like, let's say you're kind of bored 60 hours in respec and do a totally new build. And it feels like a totally new game. That's good. For the next that was 20 hours. thing I had a problem with on the other ones. So you get locked in. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I put something in here. Well, I, that's fucking lost forever or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess like I, what is is what's so novel partly about it is that it takes away things that we're used to. Like you said, no quest log, mm. no journal log thing. Is that what's so novel? It's it's we've like because I <clears throat> what makes me think about that is that a few times like when I was talking about Horizon and some other games, it's like when I reviewed Witcher Three, I was tired of that formula in 2015. <laughs> And we've right. seen so many games since then. So is it novel that if we strip that back into like, let's just get to the game, get rid of all this fluff bullshit. Is that what's so novel now? You know what I mean? Because what Maybe. makes me think about it is so much of like, if I just talk about The Witcher 3, um, I did a lot of The Witcher 3 without, I didn't want the site, I didn't want the quest things on because the quests were really good at describing like, eh, it's in this kind of area. If you turn left to this rock, go here kind of thing. Right. It really was easy to get immersed in the world that way. I think that was one of the brilliant things about the game. I and mean, you could play with the, the quest log and tell you exactly where to go and whatever. Um, also, so there's definitely a powerful like immersion factor and satisfaction factor. Like, oh, I figured that out, or I did this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted didn't to just, uh, like, that to Assassin's to Creed degree. Odyssey have that too? Kind of like the. Uh, yeah. They had like guided What's mode and something else. Yeah. I don't remember what they're called. It was like, and it, like it gave you a lot of like history stuff on top of kind of oh the museum oh, thing. A, yeah, there were like a couple of things that they added that were yeah. kind of interesting from a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think in this, it's it's. I think the best way to describe it is that on paper, nothing is novel. Yeah, it's just that feeling of Dark Souls X open world that yeah. does feel novel like but, but it's the intersection of the two so it's not that oh there's no quest log or that oh there are quests right it's yeah a, a lot of the the piecemeal stuff is everything we've seen in either a dark souls game or like a horizon game right like sure. we've seen all of this before it's just that when you put it in a pot it's like the sum of its parts are yeah it's a different flavor that you wouldn't expect. Like I like how you talked about the um, uh, fighting games because there is a uh, I have a friend who's very into them and I was casually into them. There's definitely an extreme satisfaction to when you learn it. Like you feel like you got a hold of a character a little bit. Like you know this comp this set of combos. Like I can do that relatively correctly most of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and there's a like pulling off certain things. There it's a crazy amount of uh, satisfaction when you do it and I guess that's a similar feeling to what, what people love so much about the from games from software games and the combat within it so it's it's an interesting thing to think of like okay they, they they've they're getting the benefit of that feeling on top of creating a world you can explore in where the reward is feeding into that feeling even more mm-hmm 
Yeah, because um, I mean, there's some, there's a lot of legendary weapons where like your special skill just does some cool shit. Like it does some typical like I'm 14 and this is fucking cool type of shit, right? Like that's video game stuff, man. Yeah, it's video game stuff. Like that's like one of the new swords I'm using. It's like okay you charge it up and then you lunge forward and you can do two slashes and a trail of fire just follows the slashes and explodes. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty fucking rad. I'm going to use that for a bit. Right. Oh, and it, yeah. and it causes bleed. Right. So it's just that sort of thing where you can one, you always have new special skills to tinker with because you're always getting new weapons. And then two, you can always swap out those special skills because that's kind of how the game works and then three when you're fighting a major boss and you learn their skill set and you learn okay i can perfectly dodge this and that gives me enough of a window to do my really fucking cool special skill that i love it's it's that whole process that comes together and releases the endorphins in your brain you're like yeah "Yeah, i i did the cool move i like found that right window because you could theoretically beat every boss without getting hit if you learn all of their moves right it's just sure. are you good enough to do that right yeah yeah um hmm. but yeah that's that's elden ring i mean no surprise that i mean i'm enjoying it a lot and i think there are many people out there who are also enjoying it too just from what i'm hearing oh yeah um, yeah like i said it's probably gonna sweep game of the year in a lot of places i mean mm-hmm. who knows what starfield will be it seems like the biggest threat potential but yeah right now seems pretty obvious that's what it'll it'll be at most outlets Mm -hmm. well if you do pick it up i'm curious if if you feel anything different with it but well like i said i'm just i'm just really trying to i it's uh it's interesting when you hear that about a game like it's oh this is quite a step forward in design and like some people say it's like oh i can't go back to this style of game anymore because elden rings ruined that and it's like huh so it's doing something for people but you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. an exposure to that feeling that they haven't had before this. Of like, I, I think that comparing it to that fighting game thing, where it is a lot of trial and error over and over again, because a lot of games aren't like that. They they'll they'll do it to an extent because they're like, all right, we don't want to piss people off. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll let you fail. We we want you to fail a few times to learn some stuff, but we don't want you to fail for like I don't know six hours straight or something like for a fighting game. You could do it like. Well, fighting games, like, here's months of your time to learn how to do a thing. But, I mean, you could argue every hour you play a fighting game, you're failing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I know that there's somewhere, there's the, the training rooms where it's like, all right, I'm going to learn this combo, even if it takes me three days of doing nothing but that for, like, a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so I can do that with, real, like, pretty okay. And it's like, damn. And that's just that's a that. small part of the game. I yeah. did that with Counter-Strike. Yeah. You learn combos learn uh spray patterns like literally yeah. just sitting there teaching yourself spray patterns for i think it took me a hundred hours to get them down and then Woof. yeah and, and then they changed them and that was when i quit and never so maybe back. maybe that's really the brilliance of elden ring is that it was it was able to popularize that and make that in a a more easily digestible way well if if we want to use that analogy i think part of it is it's really quick to learn the spray patterns or your bread and butter combo yeah because it's i don't think the inputs in elden ring are so complex where it's like l1 l1 r1 quarter circle fireball like it's it's not that right um your combos and executing them are going to be pretty easy the most complex bit will be figuring out your special attack right that every weapon has so mastering your combo is easy then it's just a matter of when do I 
execute it right and that's what makes yeah. fighting games difficult it's like okay sure you have your bread, bread and butter combo down you're good but you keep getting hit and you don't know how to block shit and you don't know yeah. how to exploit or that there's opening. all kinds of stuff like fighting games like you know exactly what you need to do fuck if i could do it and like <laughs> yeah because yeah. <laughs> it's insane the amount of inputs you need to do so right. I, that's so if it's if it's a simplified extremely simplified like obviously this isn't a one-to-one comparison but um maybe that is part of it is it has made that an uh, an easier to obtain feeling of uh i don't know mastery because mm-hmm. that's really like what it's... like people get into fighting is for like oh i get a master thing and really learn how to do a thing and become good at it exactly it's more like you're mastering the bosses rather than mastering your skills you know I think that's probably sure. the best way to think of yeah. it. Because, like, it depends on the weapons you use. Like, if you use really fast weapons, maybe if you dodge something, you can get, like, four or five hits off before you back off. If you use a big hammer, maybe you need to dodge a lot until you find a big opening yeah. to do your one big hit, right? But, like, it's knowing those things and learning those things. That's where the satisfaction comes from. Yeah. But I guess a part of uh, what's different is you you don't have the frustration of... More, more likely, it's not... Um... I was unable to do a thing. It's that, oh, I fucked up because I didn't properly react or whatever. Right. Those are two very different things. Um, and because it's that more often that you, that feeling of, oh, I missed something or, you know, went into early or whatever the hell it is. It's not a lack of execution on your part. It's just whatever it is. Um, it's lack of reaction. Yeah, it's not it's it's not a oh I don't I I just don't know how to do that or I'm not able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I didn't do it at the right time, or whatever right. it might be. Yeah, I mean I think that's Elden Ring in its essence. It's yeah. just learning when to do what, and then feeling good about once you've mastered doing the right thing at the right time, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, but I think that that wraps this week's episode of the tech raptor podcast we hope you enjoyed your time here with us um if you did please feel free to leave a review uh with whatever podcast platform you're listening on or if you're on youtube give us a thumbs up and a like and hit subscribe if you haven't already that would really help a lot um and let us know down below now that all the big february and march games have been out which ones have been your favorite let us know either in the youtube comments below or on our website at techraptor.net where we publish all sorts of reviews features news etc throughout the week but if you want to hear more of us we will be back next monday see you then (laughs) 